like a lot of physical comedy. Like first off, the the mousy woman and uh, uh, Hightower or whatever the other guy, they're not in it. Like they wouldn't, they didn't want her in it. The little mousy woman. <clears throat> so one of the other guys says, "Fucking, I'm not in it." Bubba but, Smith. Bubba Smith is very loyal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bubba Smith. Right. The other guy, George Gaines, who I know his name. He he speaks various languages, including Russian. Russian, so he was okay. But it's a lot of it's choreographed uh, chicanery, like a lot of doubles doing pratfalls or spinning uh, in the air. Like it, it's really weird physical comedy. Uh, it was it's almost it was, like they, it's almost like they were running out of ideas by then. Huh. <laughs> they had to go like halfway around the world to come up with an idea. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to Miami again. No, no, no. Think bigger. So now we learn that he's off to college and he doesn't know when he'll see her again. You know, like it's always just implied. They never really do anything. We saw the dance scene. I don't think they kissed. I think they just got close. Mm -hmm. We saw Warren get it on though. Yeah. Yeah, I like that this movie goes for the old people's sex rather than the young people's sex. (laughs) That's what's appropriate. Yeah. I mean, if you put Eileen Brennan and baby James Morrison together, yeah, that that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world either. But just as long as you have Eileen Brennan and bed, Eileen Brennan and, oh, see, there's, there's the opportunity you missed. Christy McNichol and Eileen Brennan. Ah, that would have been your match made in heaven right there. (laughs) Oh, right there. Yeah. I just know that I could go see Star Trek, or I could watch Warren Oates with his shirt off for free. <laughs> Warren Oates, Warren Oates, Warren Oates. Written, written by, was Tchaikovsky? What's his name? Written by, who wrote War and Oates? Uh... Oh, Warren Oates was written by, uh, not, not Navikov. Reznikov, Rez... no, uh, Tolstoy, who wrote Tolstoy. that? Theodore Tom... Horseman, I think. Like Dominic. That. It was written by Dominic. Dominic, of course, yeah. <laughs> okay, now. Dostoevsky, Dostoevsky. There, there's no such thing as a cell phone. So they had to call the track, which had to call the place that does the, the loudspeaker, which had to uh-huh. call to her. So she had to go and said, you call me on the loudspeaker? And says, yeah, go to the hospital. Something happened. I don't know what. So... Oh, is that kind of like? Is it like yeah. in Lord of the Rings where they have to light that one that one fire, then the other fires all light up around the mountains? Right. Same principle. Well, it's just like if she had a cell phone, right? Sure. Come to the hospital, your father's woken up, but she got she played a game of literal tele, literal telephone. <laughs> Fuck you, my other estranged son wouldn't do that to me. My other estranged son. So like you must have uh, other children, right? Oh, he surely does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. He's a nice guy. Are you yeah, saying like, that? Are you saying that Warren did not sow his wild oats? I'm pretty sure he did. He, no, he, with he with with Eileen Brennan. <laughs> it's this is a backdoor pilot. See, week after week, he finds another child of his. Like he goes on the road. <laughs> He's like, I'm in a stream hey, with. That's funny, Mike. That's funny. Every week. The main that, character, yeah. yeah, gets a long yeah. lost child and they reunite and rekindle. Then he sends them off to college or off to war or something, right? Just uh, closure, resolution, and then he goes off again like the Incredible Hulk. He's right. Done right. And he, he finds another child. And I like the idea that he gets sent off to war at the end of every episode. 
buys a long lost child and sends them off to war. I like that. Or, or, or like, <laughs> yeah, but nobody could launch him on a ship as of on a merchant vessel. Sure. Or he could, you know, send them back to high school. You got to get your GED. You always wanted to be in high school. This is your chance. Listen, you are a military man. You're right. I met your mom in Fallujah anyway, so, you know, we were both on duty. I think that makes sense. Thanks, Dad. Uh, let go of her arm, Warren Oates. So he's super triple weak, and, uh, you know, but he's awake now, and he obviously can understand what's going on. Now we're going to learn the backstory of how... Okay. The uh, Mr. Noodle's brother cranked a horse, like gave him super horse <laughs> run pills, and then he got caught. And so him and dad of uh, Mr. Noodle's brother said, "Dad of Mr. Noodle's brother." Okay, go which on. would be which would be Mr. Noodle's dad too. I don't mean that on purpose. <laughs> would um and the doctor was a woman. On, blamed it on Warren Oates. Okay, and so Warren Oates had to go to court and. The court was believing him, and then the prosecutor is like, would you believe it, drunk, your honor? So he got kicked out for three years. Okay, now it all makes sense. Yep, that's the backstory. <laughs> that's why we didn't like each other. And none so of that is in the short story. In the short story, he gets involved with some seedy people, and it does lead to his demise. And the son questions, was his father moral or immoral? Because around him, he was moral as hell. But when his back was turned. Well, you have to do that with Hemingway stories, don't you? The same thing happened with the killers. Yeah. There were like the two, at least two different versions of the killers. And it's like a, it's a five page story. It's like a two minute read. It's like in and out one scene. And there were like at least two different movies where they had to like design a whole two hour long film around this five minute scene. Yeah. Absolutely. And they were both good. They were both they were both really good movies. One of them so, being one of them being the last film Ronald Reagan was in. That was the Don Siegel t TV. Movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So have you have you seen the Criterion? I I took it checked out from the library, Sherwood. Is the Criterion edition of that? I reviewed the Criterion edition of it for SF Weekly about five years ago. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. See, they had like an additional German movie. Do you remember that? Like it was. There was like one more. Yeah, like a pilot or like some. You know, TV Playhouse thing or something. I forget what exactly, but basically, yeah, there's three different versions of the killers on there. Yeah. Michael and I have highlighted on this show the Crafterian collection. <laughs> yeah. The crap. <laughs> you can't miss it. The big C there. Sure. Okay. Now she has convinced the vet not to kill the horse, but now she needs a jockey. So she goes to Mr. Noodle's brother and says, You got to be the jockey. And Mr. Noodle's brother says, hey, fuck you. Oh, yeah, because he tried to make amends, right? He's like, sorry. He I gave him a lot of money. He gave him a winner. He's like, I don't like your horse, and I don't like you. It is kind if of my brother, Mr. Noodles, is here, I tell you what, ooh, you're lucky. <laughs> he's You're lucky my brother, Mr. Noodles, isn't here. Mike, look so, how his hair is thinning up top. We know oh. what's going to happen. Carolyn, you see it, right? It's oh, I totally see out. it. Mm -hmm. Can we just enjoy his hair right now in 1979? <laughs> Carl? To ruin everybody's hair, Carl. <laughs> what about Christy McNichol's hair? Is it different now? No. Uh, no, she looks the same today. Now, she retired in 2014. But um, let's see. She 
got some, I see your picture here. She really looks the same. I mean, it's, it's her again, but it's older, yeah. that's all. She was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and that's when she left TV. That was 1992. He was on Empty Nest, the spinoff of The Golden Girls. Oh, uh, Golden Manor? Yeah. He made, uh, the, Rich, the Richard Mulligan show, if memory serves. Uh, she oh, had the role yeah. of Barbara Weston on Empty Nest, a spinoff of The Golden Girls. She left the show in 1992 after being diagnosed with bipolar disorder, returned for its final episode in 95. It was her last on-screen performance. She's done voice characters, Ghostbusters. TV Excuse shows. me, extreme Ghostbusters. Yeah. Get it right. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> is that the official version or is that like... According to IMDb, she was on one episode of Extreme Ghostbusters as Michelle. It was a cartoon from the 70s called Ghostbusters. And when Ghostbusters became big, they were like, we're the real Ghostbusters. uh, Uh, So uh, one point of order is that the show you're referring to was actually a live action show. Hanna-Barbera made a live action show called the Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters being two words, I might add. And then when the movie became a hit, the unrelated film became a hit in 1984, then they revived the property <clears throat> as an animated series. Oh, but, it was ori- but it was originally a, a, a live action series starring Forrest Tucker and one other guy like that whose name escapes me at the moment. So uh, Forrest Tucker, Tucker, some other guy. Tucker Forrest? I think Tucker Forrest also. Oh, Tucker Forrest, of course, right. Yeah, tip of my yeah. tongue there. But yeah, that was a live action series that they then remade as an animated series, which is why the series spun off from the Columbia film was called The Real Ghostbusters to differentiate it mm-hmm. and as a fuck you to the filmation Ghostbusters. Right. Okay, and now can you just find a, finish your thought because this is important for plot because it's going to be tomorrow <laughs> morning in a second. Here's, here's my thought. Bob Hope had a movie called Ghostbusters. Go ahead. <laughs> Pow! Uh, here's my um, thought. It was called the Ghost Breakers, wasn't it? Ghost Breakers. Yeah, you're right. Like gang breakers, <laughs> Ghost Breakers. Damn it. Or okay. union. Or union breakers. Yeah. Yeah. No, that'd be that'd be Busters. Actually, come to think of it. But sorry. What, what's your What's your thought there, Carl? Um. Wow. Wow. I didn't call it the Ghostbusters guy. I gotta tell you. Um. Okay. She can't find a jockey, and she's got to run <gasps> race tomorrow. So she is going to pretend to be the jockey. Uh, she's going to pretend to be uh, Noodle's brother. But she's a girl. She got, jockeys can't be girls. Well, That's like a jockey being a chef. You can't have if that. If you've seen Dragon Slayer, they'll pretend. If you've seen Game of Thrones, a young girl <laughs> will pretend to be a boy and it will work. What if I've only seen Milan? Does that count? Yeah, does that count? Milan? Okay. <laughs> Is Mushu going to be with her? Sword you think. He- Yenta would have had it easier if she had like a little dragon with her. Who shoot? Now, you love Golden Raspberry Awards, and uh, Christy McNichol was nominated for one in the 1982. It was Worst Actress, uh, the Pirate Movie, if you've seen that. Oh, I have seen that. But she wasn't the worst thing in that movie. Believable. She, she was only nominated, she didn't win. For a long time, pirate movies were like box office disasters. Like you, you couldn't make like uh, 
hippie Longstocking. Gina Davis movie didn't do so well, and you know, so when the, that Disney movie came out, people were like, "Ugh," and then it became like a super smash. The Pirates of the Caribbean. 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 Hey, rates. Thank you very much. Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> That's it exactly. Yes. Oh, I haven't finished the title. Uh, the search <laughs> for the lost. The uh, quest. Dead men tell no. The. Uh, Sorry. I love it. Greenlight it right chronicles, now. Dead men tell no chronicles. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of a single subtitle from those movies or like from the Transformer movies. Transformer Night of the Moon. Robots in disguise. Oh, shit! I feel so bad. I was telling my car how much I hate robots, and I didn't realize it was a transformer. I must have just embarrassing for you. Oh my goodness! You must have been yeah. Check your privilege, Mike. Fucking Optimus Prime. Why are you crying, car? I gotta go. So we're having some heartfelt stuff. We're having encouragement for the race. Uh, we're having regrets, but uh, but if I hadn't done it, it wouldn't have ended up this way. What a weird pose she's in, though. Sorry, I'm just looking at like her angle. That's just very ca casual. Yeah, that's Water, weird. Tell me something, Pop. They got one shot. They got to get use it. <laughs> yeah, they have to return the tank in five minutes, so they have to get the shot right now. Oh, it's so why'd you move up your bed? I don't think my character would move up the bed. All right, you asshole. Never mind. Chrissy, go ahead and squat over. He's not spoiled in this. This is pretty early uh, in her career. She's on Battle of the Network stars around this time, okay? Well, everybody was. Yeah, but she, everybody who's nobody. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, Farrah Fawcett wasn't She probably on did a good job. It depends on who your team captain is. If you've got, like, Winkler, you're set. If you went watch Battle of the Network Stars, like you would see people who weren't the main ones on Dallas. You would see, you know, um, it's it's a, everyone who would have been on the Love Boat or Fantasy Island yeah, would also yeah, show yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but usually, it's like NBC stars. The, I just have a few things to dump on you as this. It's not going to end yet, but. Uh, <laughs> The guy who did the music uh, wrote the theme song for The Outer Limits. Is that interesting? It's yeah. funny. I don't yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, let's go with that. Okay, yeah. the cinematographer did Brian De Palma's Phantom of the Paradise. Nice. He did concert films for Bruce Springsteen and Alice Cooper. Do we care about that? Oh, no, but I, I got to mention one thing, Carl. Okay. I'm agreeing with Sherilyn. Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo is a piece of shit and yeah. really interesting. And who gives a shit that the church is now a hole in the ground? Who cares? Let's see. Vertigo was, well, I tell you, that guy. And he, yeah. yeah, and it would be about heights. I did see Vertigo and I'm not remembering it very clearly. I actually, go, I actually go into a great detail about Vertigo versus Citizen Kane in my new book. Oh, you do? Oh, well, there's, oh yeah, I no do, finally. Citizen Kane is the superior. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Vertigo isn't even Hitchcock's best film, let alone the best film by anybody ever. It's just not. Uh -huh. You brought that up in your book, and you're absolutely right. I mean, it's it, people like that movie because it presents a city that doesn't exist and that connects with the movie, but it doesn't really, you know. Now, look, just there's assholes. a secret jockey uniform. 
Ooh. Hide it, hide it. This is contraband at this point. It's Victoria's Secret. She's a jockey. <laughs> That's right. That's her secret. <laughs> Look, see that nice gift the rich college boy got her? It's a horse engagement necklace. Right. Is that this an engagement necklace? I de-wed my horse. You got me an engagement necklace? Oh, uh, oh. necklace. I love how underwhelmed she is. She's barely whelmed. Yeah. <laughs> like, this, is, this is a case of, oh, so this is happening, huh? All right. Ah, the bracelet. Do you think that's okay if you're going to jock in a race? You should have a bracelet. Yeah, you don't need loose things dangling. Right. It's like, this is 1979. A girl is not allowed to not let something like this happen. See, I don't, are they going to kiss? See how they don't even kiss? <laughs> It's from oh. my sister. Okay, I'll take it. Oh, fake smile. Oh, my God. Fakest of the fake. Wow. Yeah, yeah Jesus Christ. There's no okay. chemistry in this. No, he does not know. He doesn't know how shined on he just got. He has no idea. <laughs> he thinks that was a success. He really does. Oh. Those no, two, man. No the guy from Brandeis wrote it because you could tell there's no chemistry. Bingo. <laughs> oh, love that old, love that old radio. Yeah. yeah, that's um, from Gilligan's Island, actually. <laughs> Art okay. Bell, coast to coast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but on. first, Paul Harvey with the rest yes. of the story. <laughs> Good day. Good day, page seven. Now, the producer of this film was a freedom fighter for Hungary during the Second World War and was jailed by the Nazis. Do we care about that? <laughs> He worked oh. on the film, but he was killed by the Nazis? I care about nothing when there's a jockey parade on the screen. <laughs> there we are. Now, it, he's going to have to, she is going to have to pretend that she is he. She's a dude. Keep yep. her elf. Yeah, she's, she's Milaning up in this bitch. Yep. Oh, banana. Guy so banana. What's going to happen here is he's going to help her up with the one leg, and he's going to say, there's no bulge in your crotch. <laughs> That will make the uh, cops come. Guy has a lot of time on his hands. People are Fabulous. still clumsy. They're wearing ties here, suits. Ah. <laughs> ugly. I mean, I, I'm not the first to say this, but, but good lord, what an ugly decade that was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I have, I have determined that the ugliest, the ugliest year was 1972, and the <laughs> ugliest month of 1972 was September. And in spite of that, that's the month I was conceived. It's this weird, this weird kind of like syzygy, this weird kind of conjunction where well, I, I was somehow conceived during the, during the one month in all of human history when everyone on the planet was unfuckable. Wait, so, why September? How, how'd you come up with September? Like, I know it's just the month you were born, but. I, I was born June, June, 1973. So uh, busting, out the, busting out the calculator on my iPhone tells me that I would have been conceived Oh, around September see, 1972, I, I, yeah. Well, they might have gone to a resort. They might have not been like at home. So I've always they... hoped it was like I've always hoped it was a key party. Actually, <laughs> that somehow I was conceived. I've always hoped they had key parties, and that they somehow ended up having sex with each other anyway. And that's how I was conceived. But at least that there were <laughs> other couples in the house at the time. Yeah. I want to believe that about my parents. They don't have now, key parties um, now. We are 
in the third act here, and we are in the home stretch, literally and figuratively. And this is going to be the race uh, that ends the film. Yeah, there are four minutes left. I hope we're in the third act by now. <laughs> oh, my God. Does the horse kill everybody like he killed War Notes? That would be great. That would have been a much better ending. Like a revenge ending where he shoots, the horse shoots everybody, and they just say, the end. This time it's personal. Yeah. So there she is hiding amongst the legitimate jockeys. Nobody knows it's her. Yeah, she only hangs around this racetrack every day. And you know, I'm beginning to think that the grease poster is not going to pay off. Just a hunch I have. But we still have three minutes. <laughs> That's true. It still could make a comeback. <laughs> oh, maybe John Travolta will come out and hug and kiss her when she wins. Oh, yeah. But John Travolta as the boy in the plastic bubble, because this is actually a stealth sequel to that. That was around this time, I think. Mm -hmm. 76, wasn't it? We did that one. Was it? Yeah, we did. Oh, everybody's done that one. It's public domain, so yeah. <laughs> I thought it was Bubble Boy. I got it mixed up. And here comes the horses. Wow. I don't I don't care as in first. I quit the job as second. Fuck everybody in this place is third. You know, sometimes I think there's nothing more boring than watching a card game in a movie than I realize, no, horse racing is somehow more boring than a card game. What about listening people listening to the horse racing on the radio? More interesting, because they Come tend on, to be like they tend to be like waving their arms around. Right. <laughs> and they're yelling at least they're yelling kind of like this guy is. Oh yeah, you gotta get into it. And then they tear up their ticket, of course. Most important part. <laughs> uh, jockey itch. Yeah, pom pom. Okay, so you see at the hospital, she's listening on the radio. Yeah. 500 bucks on the game. And there's her daughter, his daughter's just about to win. And then he passes away. He dies? Yep. Oh. Sad. Yeah. Oh, he's fading away like Yoda. Wow. <laughs> now she will win the race, but when they freeze frame on her face, it's the most melancholy fate ever. Well, they're in heaven now, right? I mean, that's what the filters are trying to tell us. They're all dead and they're in like yeah, horse racing all... heaven. They're in jazz heaven. <laughs> but this is like not a happy ending. It's like a bittersweet ending. She won, so it's supposed to be happy, but it's not happy. Yeah, it's great, because usually he, Hemingway is known for his happy endings, so this is kind of a surprise. Yeah. Does she know Dad is dead? Like, is there, like, a telepathic... No, but look, when they freeze frame, it'll be on her face in such a melancholy way, like she... Look, like she knows. See that face? Yeah. Wait, it's she, like wait Michael Jeter played her? Wait. Huh. Yeah, look at this. Mean veterinarian. Cruel doctor. That's Stanley. And Willem Dula as Rooster. Good, oh, good, oh. good editing, Argyle. Good editing. Well done. Argyle Dominic ruled this movie. This has been um, one crazy summer, huh? Uh, my <laughs> old man happened. from 1979. Sherlyn, you've been fantastic. All right, everyone. See you next week.
I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... Uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch a full-length movie. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. We're hosts of <laughs> YouTube uh, with Michael Spiegelman. Follow us on podcast by with our acronym L W A F L M O Y T. Watch a full movie on YouTube with you. Podcast and yeah. watch the movie at the right. same time. Yeah, L W A F L M O Y T. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, or if you're Carl, 5 percent. Yeah, right. I'm so lazy. Three hours later, I finally get to the show. Five p.m. Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch Carl, test, test. Carl, Carl, test, test. Yeah, you're all buzzy. I got to call back. It's Joe DeCarlo. Not duh like duh. Oh, that's funny. It's duh like French. So it's Jokes DeCarlo. Follow me now. With Michael Spiegelman. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube. With Mike Spiegelman. a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a Hi, this is Carl. I wrote this song. I- I'm Mike's friend. My turn-ons are satin sheets. I love to be outdoors. Follow me on Twitter. Jokes to call. The French duh, not the duh, duh. Let's watch a Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T podcast. That stands for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. I got it. With Mike Spiegelman and Carl and Paul Brumbaugh. Hi, Paul Brumbaugh, our special guest on the show. Hey, guys. Wow, it's a blast from the past. Paul used to be our our follow-up, and it's great to have you here, Paul. Yes. Uh, if you're listening, you can, there's two ways you can listen. We are streaming first out there, and you can always donate to the station at Venmo with at Mutiny Radio. 
and check out their website. A lot of great shows on it. And we also have our website with the acronym L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We would love for you to subscribe. <laughs> uh, Carl, what movie are we watching today? Oh, we have a gem today. We are watching Working Trash 1990. Working Trash 1990. Now the S is a dollar sign. Whoa. There's no S in working. <laughs> oh, it's trash. You're always oh, working on my spelling. Yes, and the channel we like is called Vintage Movie, which is a pretty blasé channel, but maybe it's worth browsing. Well, you should always subscribe to the uh, channels we, that are hosting the movies that we like to watch. So we would like for you to type in Working Trash. Don't listen to Carl. You type in a dollar sign, your search engine is going to explode. <laughs> Just type in Working Trash 1990, and then you'll find it. It's hosted by Vintage Movies our new best friends, we want you to hit the link, hit pause, move the timer to zero, zero, zero. We want you to wait until our celebrity comedian countdown gives you the go ahead. Carl? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Celebrity Comedian Countdown with today's comedian, Paul Brumba. Paul Brumba. Woohoo, woohoo. I'm a celebrity. <laughs> All right, guys, you know the you know the drill. Why? Because I invented it. Here we go. Yeah. I'm gonna do this in three, two, none, and go. All right, I hit it on go. I went with audio, so there you go. No, that's all right. Uh, in, in, enjoy the music. <laughs> it's terrible music, and it's obviously TV. You see the the, the credits. I don't. Yeah. Really started in this strange it's not a movie as much as television now this was fox tv's first tv movie yeah that's right it was a super super big deal they invested a lot of money in it uh now george carlin doesn't have a prolific movie com career like other comedians like a uh richard pryor or uh the list isn't in my brain right now but or a buddy epson sorry or a buddy epson right <laughs> That's right, Buddy Epson, who we all know. Um, Is Jed Clampett, maybe? Yeah, Jed Clampett, right, exactly. Yeah, but during the 80s, he always had that really poly dad Jones, man. Right. Well, we saw Michael J. Pollard. He's uh, the, isn't he like the scary dude? Michael J. Pollard. I guess my research didn't go as deep as him. He's like a 70s dude. Like, you look at him and you go, oh, trouble. Like, he played a preacher. Oh, you mean, uh, like, whatever whatever part he's playing, he's a bad guy, so we already know he's going to be the bad guy? Yeah, that's right. He walks on screen, you're like, yeah, bad guy. He now, did it. Late 80s George Carlin, right? Looking good. Classic, classic. Yeah, it looks like a early 2000s Paul Brumbaugh. Wait, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> you wore those shirts? Had your hair down? Still wear the shirts and the shorts <laughs> and combo. So basically what we're getting here is they have a grumbly marriage and he bets. He bets and he gets in over his head. Okay. He could have, I could have married a podiatrist. I'm not doing too bad. You know, Ruthie, it's pretty good dialogue. Well, he sounds like side B of some of his albums, right? When he gets into like the comparison. <laughs> Look how he's losing the game right now. Damn it. I'm a comedic actor. 
No, he's been in a lot of good movies. He's been in the Bill and Ted movies, right? The first right. two. He was right. in Prison Tides. Yeah. Uh, and he was in that great movie with um, the woman from Cheers. Um, and Ben Miller. Was it Outrageous, outrageous Fortune? Fortune. Yeah. yeah. He, was, he was really funny in that. But you're right. This is one of his total over-the-top characterizations. So a guy named No Neck is calling. You know, Ruthie, No Neck. <laughs> and he <laughs> owes him $6,000. Or he's going to get killed. Uh, he goes, yeah. he goes $6,000. And he's like, but look, Ruthie, that's got three zeros in it. That's 1990s money. Yeah. This is great. They haven't got off the porch once. Oh, he has a TV on his porch. Yeah, Jealous. with the rabbit ears. Yeah. With you the can get oil on them. Now, ABC. The, the wife proceeds to tell No Neck the directions to their house. <laughs> like, to go kill George Carlin. And... Um, the internet thinks it's important, to, and I did look it up on map on um, Google Maps. Uh, she gives the wrong directions. <laughs> That's Hollywood for you. That's why those TV movies suck. They always give the wrong directions. Right, it screws you up. Well, who's the other Fox one? It was like Hard Times on Spooner Street. Do you remember that? Where Jim Carrey was like the trouble gay son. Right, and the you're right. The the directions in that movie were totally inaccurate. Yeah, I found myself in Queens. Yeah, nowhere near Spooner. Now, now, Paul, you love uh, George Carlin. I do. I love him. I love him beyond the grave. Yeah, absolutely. I love him. I love his family. But yeah. As you guys know, my connection to the Carlin family is through Patrick Carlin, his older brother, which is currently 89 years old. Mm -hmm. yeah. And George just had his, what would have been his 85th birthday. Uh-huh. Um, what, two weeks ago? Yeah, I think so. He pops up picture, he, He's the only one who's, at Scotty's, they have a poster of him. He's the only picture on the walls there that doesn't perform there he's like it's like to pay homage to him and no other comedian has that oh. no, the same thing at new yorker pizza <laughs> i'm sure there's a barnes and noble collecting dust with a picture of george carlin new album new yeah. annual album here's ben stiller and then what's that guy right there carl who's that guy yeah, that's uh, Bonk Bonk. He's our Star Trek connection. His name is Michael Pollard. <laughs> that's oh, what I'm telling you. I always think of, oh, he's gonna he's not gonna be the killer, he's gonna be the goofball dude. <laughs> right. No, dude, he's he's creeper, man. Scary dude. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to think, was he no, I was gonna say, was he in that other one with uh Bobcat, but you couldn't have him and Bobcat in the same movie. <laughs> but yeah, out. your eyes will go nuts. Yeah. No, I was thinking he was in Hot to Trot somewhere, but no, I'm trying to remember what movie he was in like, that I saw. He might have been. He could have been a jockey, easily. So Ben Stiller's meeting the love interest, okay? And that's uh, Susan, our love interest. And he's there to apply for the job of broker. And basically, right. they're having the awkward, you know, banter. Now, the thing is, 
Diller's got no charisma. It just isn't working. You know, like as the audience, we're supposed to be like, you know, if we're, we're supposed to be like, I like her and I bet you I could, you know, she'd like a guy like me. And if you're a woman, you're supposed to be like, that's cool. He's, he's neat. He's cute. He's got none of that. Well, he, it's not his signature style. He's not all in black. Right. Okay, this is Homer Simpson. Dad Casanelli? Yes. Oh, we're not listening to his voice? Oh, let's do it. Here we go. Yeah. Listen to that traffic outside. Yeah, the traffic's louder. My God, he's so young. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. 1989, this was shot, and 1990, it's... Well, you can tell it's early Dan. He has at least six hairs on top of his head. <laughs> That's right. His hair's still there. Well, Look he was on looking like a chimp. Yeah. They modeled oh. Homer's hair after his. So, basically, the joke here is... You've, you've no, not quali yeah, you don't have any qualifications to be a broker. So he's going to get started off as a janitor and work oh. my way up. <laughs> yeah, too bad. We can hear the dialogue. It goes something like, you know, like, I could see here that you haven't even done the Ben Stiller show yet. Bingo. That's right. Your run on Saturday Night Live was so short-lived. Right. Everyone knows you're famous. You go straight to great to you know television. I like the Ben Stiller show. It has a couple of good things in it. You watch like the entirety of it, and you realize like Ben Stiller just stops showing up after a while. They just have like suddenly Bob Odenkirk and David Cross on it. Oh yeah, that's right, Bob Odenkirk. Okay, so now <clears throat> we see his lowly fate. He is now a janitor with George Carlin. But he's an optimistic sort of fellow. He's going to work his way up. And now he's like, you got it? I got to make a phone call because I'm going to get killed by a mobster. So you work the buffer. And this guy's got no experience with the buffer. And that'll be our visual joke. So this is our set, big set piece. Yeah, and basically we're being set up to meet the bad guy of the movie in a, like, whoopsie whoopsie accident and it'll set him off on the wrong foot you know thank you director the guy who wrote this we're Whoopi Goldberg fans the guy who wrote this yep. one of them it wrote Eddie um in oh the, the good one right yeah yeah she's a manager now George Carlin's like look you see it's like a woman you gotta keep control you give it a whirl what? Yay! Yeah, 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 yeah. This movie was made in what not, what year? But they, you know, those buffing machines were still out of, you know, out of style back then, out of style then. When you have a they're doing, they're doing it. He's doing it in a crowded uh, hall. Oh, the comedy's in the background. You have to squint your eyes. Right up front, it's like. He's calling a guy at the track. He needs six thousand dollars. He'll hang up on him. Hello, hello. You know. Yeah. Here comes bad guy. Oh, look how bad. Cobra Kai, all the way. Oh yeah, he's so Cobra Kai. 
He's been walking down this hallway menacingly. You think you can bring Cobra Kai back to the valley? Whoa! Hey! I read the script. You're ba get off me, moron! You knocked my script off. I really liked your part in the script when you called me a jerk. Get, give me my papers, bozo. That's my script. So, uh, yeah. Hang on, hang on. Got to sort through my papers. He goes. Ah, that was a senior vice president. At least you're meeting all the right people. Bing, bing. I love how George Carlin uh, just saunders in with his hands in his pocket. Like, he's already got the look down. Yeah. He's a saunterer. He's a saunterer. Okay, kid, I want to show you my off button. You have an off button, Mr. Carlin? <laughs> okay, this is George Wallace, our comedian. Look how tall. And young. I, just, I would look at him right now. I think he's thin. He was on last week, Jimmy Kimmel. Oh, really? Yeah. Have you met him before? No, I uh, I did an uh, improv show where he was the next week's act, so I saw, like, uh, film clips on the wall. <laughs> I met him at Comedy Day, whatever, four years ago. Oh, cool. Okay, now this is... Uh, Austin Powers. Yeah, henchwoman. Oh, Mindy Sterling, right? Yeah, Mindy Kids Sterling. She was born in Patterson, New Jersey. Big shout out. Yeah, I can't even, I, I think I only have like a two-word impression of her. Right. Or, or <laughs> can you do that again, Paul, and say Scott? Call Scott. Yeah, call Scott. No, that sounds more like <laughs> Odenkirk or something. Anyway, but no, yeah. Was she she was, um, I'm sorry, I keep cutting you off because I know you're a fan of that. So Raven, she was the volleyball <laughs> court coach. Yeah, coach? Oh, I must have missed that season when, when Raven was playing volleyball. That's like completely clueless. Is that canon? Oh, that's so Michael. Okay, so. Like a dang yeah. He, okay, he's in hot. He's in debt for six thousand dollars. So he's like, "Can you help me out?" And like, basically, like, he's it, got like two hundred eighty dollars now. So because it's a start, he just knows he's gonna die. <laughs> <clears throat> this is set up that something shady is going on at the firm and involves bad guy. Gotcha. And also, the director's making us hate him because he's telling Homer Simpson, "Get out of here, you, you, you know, I can't think with you around." I took a glance at the director's uh, filmography, and uh, I'm proud to say he directed uh, uh, the last Police Academy movie, Mission to Moscow, 1994. One of the gonna, worst ones, but yeah, I was going to bring that up because you really love that movie. I love those movies. That's that's the one I don't really like, but uh, I have to give him credit for it, you know. Well, he didn't write it; he just directed it. But he he yeah. directed Back to School with Dangerfield. Wow, well, that's a classic. Mm -hmm. And my favorite credit of his is The Winds of Whoopi. 
which is that Steve Martin special. <laughs> With Whoopi Goldberg? No, it was, there was the Winds of War. It was a mini series. Right. And so he did the Winds of Whoopi, you know, it was TV. It was TV back then. So it was Whoopi with an IE. No, it, this was Steve. It Steve was that. special. Yeah. But you would like to make it Whoopi just because of the word Whoopi. Yeah. They couldn't. They couldn't use the word sex. The winds of sex. Okay. Now here's Jed Clampett, and he is the top, top, toppity top of the firm, and he's family with our bad guy. And basically, there's a guy on the phone all excited for the, his firm's working with this firm, and he's sleeping. He's the old patriarchal figure. Yes. And that's the joke. Um, I'll play a little audio because he has the first funny line of the film. I'll put you on Why Start, Carl. What's that? Why Start. Why Start being funny? Yeah. Okay, so there's this evil shredder, okay? And the shredder, like, is possessed by the devil or something in the other room. And so she's having a lot of hard, a lot of trouble with it. Um, and, and it's a paper shredder, not a right. not the shredder from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right? Exactly. Oh, thank you that yeah, I appreciate that. I was like, why would shredder from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles be there without, you know, Bebop, Rocksteady? <laughs> Rock steady. Okay, so paper. yeah, it's it was it's nineteen eighty nine. So he has no computer on his desk. Computer on his desk? No, uh, he has phone. He's a CB radio. <laughs> right, steam powered steam. Runs on steam. Right. Yeah. Got a pterodactyl. Wisecracking pterodactyl. Okay. Here it is. He's got this thing for the shredder that's hot. Looking forward to this. He made this before Mission to Moscow. Oh, he did? Yeah, I mean, 89 and Mission to Moscow 94. Did you catch his line? Good, good, something, something. Oh. Oh well. Oh well. We tried. <laughs> we tried, Carl. Well, it's the first funny thing in the movie. That that's all. Jed Clampett saves the day. Like he's got like a bunch of funny lines, you know. I mean, that isn't to say George Carlin isn't funny, but it's like we know what we're seeing and I don't know, it was the first time you were surprised. He goes, oh, that thing almost bit my hand off. And he goes, Good, good. <laughs> we paid enough money for it. Uh, that's right that's right feed buddy ups in the funny lines <laughs> that guy can tell a joke yeah jesus look at ben stiller put in your your jacket your button so this is the scene in which those two like each other you know he yeah. you know the lowest janitor and the highest c you know chairman of the board or whatever he is become good friends hey you want a stogie I'll just steal some from my corporate box. <laughs> the uh, Stiller didn't just throw out his cigar. He ashed it out 
and save the, the remainder of the scar. He's like, you just saved me 35 bucks there, son. Wow, that's like how many bits? If it's yeah. two quarters, it is like 35 times four. Yeah, that's a lot of bits. He just said just now, he goes, you know, smoking's bad for you, sir. And he goes, I'm 85 years old. Nothing's bad for me, son. He's, he's the funniest comedic actor in this thing. It's amazing how they had to throw that no smoking in there. He can't go five minutes without that. They're robbing people's money, Carl. Isn't that a bigger crime? Than a cigar? <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. it is. So, this movie, yeah. Right now, he's saying, like, what do you think of precious metals, sir? And he goes, I like softer music. Precious metals. <laughs> What's precious metal, Dido? Well, it's like commodities trading. Yeah. There's currency exchanges, there's precious metals, there's pork bellies, there's oil futures, there's soybeans. Soybeans, yeah. Soybeans. Pork belly is actually a commodity. Mm hmm. But I've seen trading places. Oh, frozen. Yeah, that's where I got everything concentrate. from. So they're looking through the trash and they're like, what secret well, plan on earth? It's like, oh, so you're interested in uh, love interest, eh? You've got to be a garbologist. Now they're learning she likes the band U2. She bought it at Tower Records. She likes cheese danishes. She went to Harvard Business School. Huh. And then like they're going to find, well, I better wait till it's time. Oh, what, like a bloody... Agadaz, a used condom. Wait, hold on. No, right. Yeah, yeah. This isn't a real movie. That would happen in a real movie, right? Right. They find like a bloody handkerchief or something. Right. That, and we'd hear the music. That's intriguing. Not this movie. Better put that away. Looks like guy has a red cap. Boo. We want yeah, to speak here. It's Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Wait. Yeah, it's well, a side job. He's our Star Trek connection. Yeah, I know. And he was in the original series. Um, the His big line was, bonk, 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 and Captain Kirk goes, no more bonk, bonk. Do you guys know that episode? No. Oh. No, it was the bonk, bonk episode? No. Yeah, that was the bonk, bonk episode. <laughs> it was called... Uh, to be with the Glass Menagerie, gotcha. Okay. 1966. He was in a lot of things. Tango and Cash, Scrooged, Roxanne, Bonnie and Clyde. He's, uh, you know. Yeah, Bonnie and Clyde's a big one. Well, he played well, a preacher a in a John Houston movie that I really liked. Like, he was a real stubborn contrarian. Like, it's a really cool movie. I wish I could remember the name, but he's in a bunch of stuff. Now, you see how it didn't go into the shredder. Okay, you put on the audio mic. All right, with pleasure. Now we get Buddy Epson being fun. Well, I would like to take this opportunity just to say goodbye to you and to say it's really been a pleasure working with you. Well, it's been a pleasure working with you, too. Well, uh, this might be the last trash barrel I ever empty. There's a contract out on my life. <laughs> I need $6,000. Contract. Uh, you better have your lawyer check it. Jesus, Carlin, like, not single-minded. 
right? Oh, Mike, you turned the audio off. I did turn it off. Yeah, enough of that. Well, Buddy said, contract A, you better have your lawyer check it. You don't want to lose that $6,000. And that walks out. And then Stiller's like, good try, George Carlin, but you're going to die tonight. I was just going to say, George Carlin sounds like the type of guy like, hey, how's it going, George? Uh, I still have six. I owe six. Uh, yeah, I, I know. You mentioned that. Anything else? Well, yeah, I, I still owe $6,000. He's giving him like trash wisdom. Cover your food before you, you know, I don't know what to say. It's dumb. Oh, so good. now they're going to, I think, discover the memo. And like somebody's making an offer for Gaston Oil. So that means they have insider information that, you know, it'll open at $12. But then, like, as soon as that thing's announced, a bunch of people will buy it. It will go right. Insider info. I oh, can't say no to insider info. Except Ben Stiller wants to say no because it's totally illegal. Paul Brumbaugh, did you ever do insider trading? Because he doesn't seem the type, Paul, right? He's a good guy. No, he says that he seems like an honest Eagle Scout up and up for up a cover. And that's what Excuse ben me, Stiller. FCC. I found a pile of money in the corner and uh I think is it yours? <laughs> that was very, very good of you to return the money, Mike. You have good character. You're going to make a great adult, except you're going <laughs> to fall behind in our system because it's built on right. criminality. Because, yo, this is like to the results of tomorrow's horse race. Oh, right. He's going to put it in George Carlin's speak. And so George Carlin's like, of course. Could I save my life, you know, with that money? And he goes, yes, you could, but you can't. It's illegal. It's insider trading. Well, when it comes to jail or death, I'll pick jail. I love how, like, you know, they do that cross shot where they have the stand-in, like, stand, like, there's there's the Ben Stiller stand-in while Carlin talks. Uh -huh. like, for Ben, for Carlin, they must have found, like, a million guys that look like him. Like, this <laughs> no problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Stepfather Warren. Yeah. Every guy, every older guy I know. Yeah. From behind. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> it just needs like a little ponytail and uh, like the overextended hippie hair. Oh, yeah. No problem. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I could think of other guys like that. So he's talking him into it. Save my life. And Stiller's going to agree so they got to go to the broker and of course they're going to pick love interest broker right so still is wearing a black shirt in that scene he's getting his look back very nice but he's too young to have a look yet this is but if you look at his movies he dresses the same you know yeah. it doesn't matter what movie it is it could be a night at the museum it could be a tower heist he's always wearing black mm-hmm Zulanda. Zoolander, Zoolander number two. Now this director, he did Girls Just Want to Have Fun with Sarah Jessica Parker. Um, but his last credit is The Growing Pains movie 2000 for TV. Growing Pains, Growing Pains. That, I don't that put was... your nail in the coffin. Yeah. yeah. 
That's the Alan Thicke one? Kirk Cameron? Uh, yeah. 1980. But uh, the film. Does they go to Branson, Missouri? I think we saw two Cameron films on our show. For Cameron, yeah, we saw Left Behind. Right. And we saw, um, oh, Saving Christmas, Kirk Cameron, Saving Christmas. Yep. Now, he was going to direct a Sam Kinison movie, um, but it didn't work out. Uh, the production was shut down very early. They got to start filming some of it, and I bet you it's out there on YouTube or something. It was called A Took, A-T-U-K. Uh, uh -huh. Some guy, Mordecai Richler, and he made a novel. I don't know. That's the only thing interesting. I mean, he worked with uh, Sam Kinison and directed him early into filming. So. Yeah, well, that sounds interesting. Whoop-dee-doo! The producer was Andrew Sugarman. Hoo-hoo-hoo! <laughs> <laughs> so here we got a we got a shirt bet here, and we we're gonna pay cash and we uh yeah. So this is a funny bit. He's like, here it is, two thousand dollars, and she goes, she he goes, yeah. She's like, I can only open an account with two thousand dollars. He goes, here it's all here, and he goes, well, we might be a little light. I I bought like <laughs> some lottery tickets as a backup oh, plan. So instead of her cheese Danish, she will give them the like dollar ninety eight they need or whatever it was. So wait, that makes her a millionaire as well. No, she would get the commission. Now it's just two thousand dollar investment, but out of it they're gonna make around twenty. Twenty grand. Yeah, but There's, doesn't that make her a partner? Yeah. Yeah. She she's the broker. She doesn't know they have inside information. Right. Oh, she's yeah. just covering it because doesn't she say something like uh, oh, you're a dollar short. He bought the lottery ticket. Oh, right. my Danish today. Yeah, something. right. Exactly right. And it shows that, like, she has a crush on the janitor, uh, Ben Stiller. So, now so his original elevator pitch must have worked. <laughs> yeah, they right. are now celebrating the, you know, he's not going to die. And and Ben Stiller's like those mob guys always get so look so depressed when they have to cancel a hit. Is this a Ben Stiller movie where his parents do not show up in it? Yep. Wow, what restraint? What restraint? He doesn't want to make it too obvious. Yeah. So they had a promotional photo. It was a big, large, like threaded screw, and the caption said. Tonight, two working stiffs are going to do to Wall Street what it's done to us. Oh, screw us. <laughs> right? The they don't do that in this movie. Yeah, no other stillers in this movie, but don't worry. There's at least one Polaroid commercial during the break. <laughs> right. Is this like trading places in this movie? Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Well, Trade Places had an adversary, right? You had the rich guys making the bet and then trying to screw it off, screw over the rich guys. Yeah, well, some of that is going on here. The bad guy is like uh, sucking out the money from their pension fund uh, into this like shell corporation that's really controlled by him. Foxside, the movie returns. 
Next now, week. This money. Uh, yeah. Um. Wait. Do your promo. Such and such returns this week. Her, Herman head returns. Right, I'll do Herman's head. <laughs> All right. Go ahead, I, Carl. I think I remember that. Was it animated? No, it was like uh, Hank Azaria and inside his head. Oh no, no, his buddy Hank uh, Herman. <laughs> George yeah. Wallace is wearing a flamingo hat. Uh-huh. Now look, confidential, Shredder. Carlin's got another one. Because the Shredder is evil and the, the secretary just won't use it, you see. So he's getting all these inside information things. Oh, but he's doing it behind the back of Ben Stiller. It's a very weird way this movie goes right now. George Carlin is the guy who's doing the trading with Susan and not Ben Stiller. He's oblivious that it's happening at all. It's weird. So, do they both go to jail, though, at least? Uh, no. No, there's no jail. No, they're the heroes. No, they're, no, no, they're they going to be the bad guy. Mean in real life, he doesn't have knowledge of it happening. If we were actually considering movies being real life. Yeah. Listen, he can't be the good guy in this movie. He, he has to go to jail. No, he's, he's a good doing guy. He's criminal. No, he's the good guy. He no, won't we can't be the jail. good guy. That he'll beat the bad guy. Who's mortgaged to the hilt. He's leveraged, son. Buddy Epson, as long as I never wear, have to wear overalls again. In my yeah, that's it. But he was in a bunch of movies. Wasn't he um, in Dreamscape? Was he the president? No, that was someone else. That was, oh, uh, no, that, was uh, Eddie Albert. that was Eddie Albert. That was Eddie Albert. Yeah, I always get those white-haired guys mixed up. Yeah, from Green Acres. Yeah, Acres is the place to be. Farm living is the life for me. Beep 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 beep. You turn it off like right after the theme song. Like, okay, buddy, it's been like, like, <laughs> keep me. New York is where I click. <laughs> I just adore a click. Darling, I love you, but get. Yeah, <laughs> make it through the theme song of uh, fucking Sweet Acres. That is hilarious. Your your Zsa Zsa Gabor sounding like the Queen. <laughs> I hate Hill Street Blues. I can barely make it to this do 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 click. Oh, the fucking theme song. <laughs> do, 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 worst, do, do, worst, okay, so what is your all-time haunting theme song that you can't get rid of in your head? Is it that one? Probably that would that's a high that's high up there for sure. So There's some the, really the, great ones that stick in your head, and that's what they were supposed to be, right? They were supposed oh, to be jingles. I, I actually have a theme song for this movie: Working Trash. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Temptations did this uh, their theme song. Oh, in this movie, they got the Temptations. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're talking major TV. You see, back then, a TV movie wasn't. It, okay, rem, just flashback to 89. I know you guys remember. There right. was uh, Rabbit Ears and, you know, 
the movie of the week was a big deal. What were you going to, you know, going out to the movies cost money. This shit was free. When a good movie was on, you would spend, you know, Saturday night. Yeah, but the flip side is that they would have like such obscura. Like this movie aired once. It aired once, right? Uh, yeah. And then but maybe... at a time when their viewership was, you know, tremendous. Yeah, but still, it's like it's 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 here today, gone tomorrow. I mean, if I go, if I miss on a close encounter, is eventually it's going to hit video in seven years, but it's going to be back. You know, it'll be on TV. Yeah, you're right about that. Like, I'm sure this plays somewhere. It has to. It's a property. It's it's a film. It's got stars. It's content. It can mm. build. It, you know, but it's streamable. Yeah. Now, Ben Stiller, unfortunately, did not have the opportunity to look up her skirt. He was not low enough, and the skirt, you know, it didn't help that it was below, you know, the thaw, below the knee. So, um, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. That's what this movie's trying to tell us. Although that was a 14th take. <laughs> wow, look hey, how clean New here. York is. My God, look how clean New York is. I know that. Yeah, let's, yeah. you do. And cut, and then everything's just back. There we go. <laughs> okay, so now there'll be a dumb comedic bit, which isn't funny. He's coming in dressed all richy, richy, rich. I just find the bow tie and the shorts. Now he'll have to conceal it to Homer Simpson, otherwise it'll be clear he's got some source of income. Yes. So they're like going to be like, this isn't a Rolex watch. You see, it's a B. This is a fake watch. It's a Bolex. A Bolex watch. $7. It's a B. Oh, my God. Back when we still thought about watches. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, the stick is over. And what? And it wasn't worth it. Uh, some things in this movie are pretty good, but and his comedic acting is all right too. Wasn't there an Ali Bill episode where he was the judge, Dan Castanella, and it had to do with Bart Simpson and people dressed up as Bart Simpson jury? That's no, I'm the only Ali McBeal. Am I the only Ali McBeal head here? <laughs> I guess. I remember Ali McBeal, but only because the girl I was dating, I liked it. I, I remember watching the final episode, and then when it ended, I said, that's the end of that. <laughs> it can't, there's no war. Now, there's this weird section in this movie. It doesn't make any sense. Suddenly, the secretary is extremely sexually attracted to Ben Stiller. Uh, and Ben Stiller is either resisting or being oblivious, but he does like it. So he's going to fix the shredder. Oh, and no. That's, yeah, that's going to ruin George Carlin's little streak. Right, because it'll be all shredded. This now, is not good. Yeah. Now, what's weird is we'll never, ever have anything between Ben Stiller and the secretary again. This is like a bit or something. Well, it's more about the shredder, right? You think, what are you, crazy? Yeah, right. Exactly. And he's going to start hitting it. Break, damn it. Oh, man, don't get me started about the fax machine. <laughs> Just the fax, ma'am. 
That's the worst fax machine when you put it in a shredder. Yeah. Oh, fucked it up again. <laughs> I can't do anything right. It's Hello, Mr. Facts. Spiegelman. I received your fax, but it's all smushed up and scrambled. It's all in little spaghetti forms. It's yeah. Did you mean for us to like, <laughs> for spaghetti forms, Mr. Spiegelman? Okay. Damn it! I set my fax to shred. God damn it! <laughs> now there's not a shred of evidence of fact of factual evidence. There's not a shred of facts. Actual evidence. Okay, never mind. So okay. these guys are really ben, screwed. Ben Stiller's learning that George has been trading in in the, with Susan. So now he's like furious. You see how that happens in movies all the time? The elevator, you go yeah. through the elevator and it closes. You know elevators don't work like that. Everybody knows that. It would have been funny what? if he put his hand in to try to like open the door and it took off his arm. That would, have been that would be funny. Yeah, that's oh, like a spear. Every time you put your, wave your hand in front of an elevator, there's a part of you that go, you are a fucking idiot because it could close <laughs> on you right now. You know, like yeah, and then you're gonna go. That's gonna be like a Three Stooges film where your arm goes up and you go up, and yeah, yeah, I am. Like it works fine in real life. I mean, TV. Now this scene is like showing Ben Stiller how many people have profited from this. You know, like. It sounds like, you know, all this insider trading, it means it's pumping money into the lives of people who need it. The George Wallace's kid has braces. Right. They are, you know, funding the church. God bless you, sir. You know. And, yeah, what is, is it done in the basement? Yeah. Weird basement. That's where uh, I keep mine. M Mindy Sterling invited her over. Her character is really Catholic, really Catholic. Wow. They go, how many women do you have in your basement? And I go, none. <laughs> right. And it's not like they can't arrest you. You were being honest. Uh, totally. The only sex the preacher could have was none. Yeah. The only the only meat that the priest the priest could eat on Good Friday was on Good Friday. None. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> how many more how many yeah. more none jokes can we do? Yeah. Yeah. Was it Stacy Keaton was his name and Up and Smoke did the nun joke, the only sex the preacher could have? I think so. Sergeant Sedenko. Yes, Sergeant Sedenko. Poor Sergeant so, Sedenko turned into a lizard. And, and uh, that was kind of, you know, that was a really strong lead. That was like the second or third one or whatever. I think it was the third one. Nice dreams. Right, turns into a lizard. And that was also in Stephen King's uh, Thinner. Oh, the guy gets so thin he turns into a lizard? Yeah, like the, the, the gypsies put a curse on all of them. And this guy slowly turning into a reptile. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But our journey was with the thinner guy. Richard Bachman. When the mind of Richard Bachman comes the running man. It's a man who's running. Then later comes thinner. Ask us the plot. <laughs> <laughs> he gets thinner. He's you know, a nail kind of a nail on the head kind of guy. I gotcha. That thinner movie was um <laughs> Oh man. The greatest part was when he was like, I'm gonna give you the curse of the white man from town. 
I mean, the whole movie is worth watching for that scene. They laugh at him, you know, and he, yeah. he, but he says it with such intensity and fury the second time around that the head gypsy guy is like, oh, shit, <laughs> you know. I just remember, like, the guy wore, like, this fat suit that was, like, and all fat suits. Mm-hmm. Like, he looked like he was a spawn clown or something. Right. It it really was uh, obviously put on so that he could lose the weight, but if yeah. you suspend disbelief. So what's happening in our movie now is Ben Stiller's been con- convinced, okay, this is for good reasons. So instead, I'm going to be the brain trust of our little group, and I will do all the investing. It's all completely legitimate. We can't insider trade never again. It's a so weird his- turn for the movie to take, but again, it's doing it. Well, he always wanted to be a broker, Carl. Right, and that's the point in the movie. It's going to prove that he can do it. <laughs> and he can, and he can bang Marie Callender, or whatever, whoever she is. Marie Callender. <laughs> I don't know. Let's see. I, I love her pot pies. Yeah, my yeah, they're a little Philly, but yeah. <laughs> okay, so she was on the Fox Television series Twenty Four. Um, our love interest. Her name's Leslie Hope. Um, yeah, I remember her from some current, even current. Yeah, she looks pretty good there. Yeah, and she's she very even better now, considering I guess because she looks really close to that now. Well, she's really done up though. I mean, she's got the perfect coiffed '80s hair and look yeah. at the makeup and you know just the tasteful earring and she's you know. Right. Look at the right. implied low cleavage. I Why are you guys not look at, you should be looking at Stiller with his puppy dog eyes. Whoa! What? Now, she coincidentally was in Outrageous Fortune. Oh, our, our uh, George Carlin movie. Yeah. I think people get cast all the time together. Especially in Adam Sandler movies. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, so Carlin was a... <clears throat> Crimson Peak, do you know that? It's the ghost movie? Yeah, sure. I like that movie. That's a haunted house movie. And Men at Work with uh, the brothers. Yeah, the Estevez Sheen. I just saw part of that the other night, and I'm like, I, I, I remember watching that so much on late night television. But then Did I only got up? about a half hour of it the other day, and I was like, I forgot all those. Yeah. Yeah, I was watching Loaded Weapon. I forgot that Emilio Estevez was a movie star. Right, he was. He's a film director, and his films aren't that interesting. But he makes his, you know, he's able to get his little passion projects out. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, oh, we're going to redo uh, Mighty Ducks, and we have Emilio Estevez. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, score. Dizzy, Dizzy's reviving something I did. The scary thing is he's the most, uh, he's probably the more affluent Sheen Estevez there is now. Charlie Sheen. The only Charlie Sheen I know of is my the the shatter I just bought called Charlie Sheen. Oh really? Yeah. Shatter? Nice. I think his best movie was The Sheening. The Sheening. (laughs) Oh. Uh, You know what? We're gonna have to like get you down to like three puns an hour, Carl. Yeah. (laughs) Let's be reasonable. Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen was in a sitcom called Anger Management for over 100 episodes. I'm not worried about the guy. So right now, 
Ben is going to ask her to go to a gathering of the stock market, you know, their little group. And uh, it's basically a date. And the guy who's driving the cab, he's got to be a stand-up comedian or something. He's like, ask her on the date, pal. But I can't find him in my research. Oh, you know who that is? Who is it? Can't tell. Hold on. Hear his voice. Night. You're also asking which ones having a little get together. Friday night. Yeah, you know, if you can't make it, I understand because Freddie, I'd love to. What time? Can you get the ride? Sounds great. Congratulations. Now, can we get out of here? Let's go. Can we get out of here? Total, total New Yorker. Didn't look like Ben Bailey at all. <laughs> ben Bailey <laughs> from uh, that cab show, Cash Cab. You know, I just, I hate to see him get typecast. Hey, I don't want to name drop. We follow each other on, on Twitter. I got to tell you, when I hear a, a voice like that, like your ear goes, gosh, listen to that <laughs> New York, right? And my, right. my ear is like, yeah, it's, you know, it's just a guy talking. It's a guy. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a, a regular the... guy. Come on, can we, go, can we get going, please? Can we get out of here? <laughs> it's just a dude. Oh no. oh no! Look out! It's a pratfall. Get off me, you idiot! I'm so sorry. I'm using the remote. <laughs> a dustbuster. I understand technology. Uh, has some hiccups. Now, as far as this film goes, this scene is ill-placed. It doesn't advance the plot at all, and we've seen this before, right? Yeah, but it has so more Dan Castanetti in it. Okay. And yeah. they have to justify that budget for the siren light thing. Yeah, right. Start. Now, Buddy will give a big tip to, uh, but it's it's not insider training. It's just feels it in his cojones. Does he really say cojones? No, I think he uses the term California raisins. In living color the first year, and in living color the best of it, and living color will not be seen tonight, and so Fox could present a movie of the week. Cops will not be seen for the next four hours as right. Fox will present. <laughs> Married with children will not be seen tonight, so we can take a fucking breather. <laughs> Uh, yeah, for the makers of Beverly Hills 90210, it's Buddy Epson 80. Yeah. <laughs> BC. 90210 BC. What a good shot that is. The lighting. Stand by the ship. Oh, a little dance step. Hey, so, this director did Easy Money, man. Give us some credit. Right. Yeah. So this guy, no, he didn't do Easy Money. He did um, Back to School with Back Rock to School. Oh, yeah, the other one. Better, in my opinion, back to school, but. Okay, so now Clampett has given him uh, his, his, not an inside information, but he's investing this, you should too, and it's going up. So now we're having a very uncharismatic, charismatic, no screen chemistry at all, lovey, lovey thing between the two of them. Looks like they got caught. Right, they got caught by bad guy who thinks he's rival love interest, but she's not interested in him. 
He's still wearing the Jenner suit. How funny is that? Like, are they generous during the day? Wouldn't they wait till after work? Uh, it's all over the place in this movie. They're they're laughing at his expense now, and uh, I don't know. It's flirt city. They, it's like it's inevitable. They're going to be together, and they're liking it. He's just a janitor. Right. Exactly. What the fuck is this bullshit? <laughs> you piece of trash. You know, the trans you know, you're familiar with the Trans America building, right? In San Francisco. Mm -hmm. The one in Grand Theft Auto you could jump off uh, from. So there's a service entrance. I was catering there and I wasn't allowed to go into the main entrance. I had to go to the service entrance. Uh -huh. So, okay. I mean, like if you're a janitor of this brokerage firm, I'm sure it's the same deal. So did you have to go like on one of those uh, lifts, you know, the um, uh, where it has to have an operator? No, I had to walk out of the lobby, walk around the corner, and go through another door, and then go up some staircase. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. You were a servant. Right. I was a janitor. I was George Carlin janitor. Right. Compared to. Uh... Okay, so now we're beginning to learn about the pension fund is always losing money. Are we are we sick of this film? <laughs> I am sick of this film. This film has nothing going on. It's like not even 20 minutes into it. So let's talk about some of the people. Uh, sure. Okay, so. I mean, there's no, we've we, we got to see like the hit squad or something. He's, you know, not enough violence for me. <laughs> violence. Hmm. No one's got hurt. Sometime in this movie we'll have peril. The danger of violence, but no violence. Oh, does someone get like a pie in the face? <laughs> no. <laughs> I want you to tell me what movies your buddy from Star Trek's on, because I want to know what what movie that I'm remembering him from. Was he in Blade Runner? No, I know who you're thinking of. William oh. Sanders. I'm thinking of William Sanders. Okay, wait, I think Michael J. Pollard is this the guy we're talking about, our Star Trek connection. Right. Scrooge, he was in Scrooge, a big deal in that one. Okay, so that's maybe it. He was in Roxanne, he was in Dick Tracy. Oh, there it is, Roxanne. Roxanne. Okay. And they're laughing. <laughs> he's the <laughs> one, he's the, he's the goofy guy from the fire station. He's one of the firemen. Yeah, the coolest credit is the Wild Angels, 1966. He was one of the riders, you know, one of the... Oh, Andrew Laughing is Carl uh, uh, Reiner's memoirs about being a TV writer, comedy writer. Like, uh, on my show of shows. You know what? I'm going to watch it. I'll put it in my Netflix queue. Oh, no, don't do it. Then you're going to be like Spiegelman? Well, that... Well, listen, don't... I'll recommend don't movies. Think, yeah, you should no, definitely recommend movies, but be serious. Think about the guy who's gonna have to do it. You saw it once here, like, yeah, you should see it. Man, I saw some garbage. <laughs> I never said it was gonna be good. No, but that's what I mean. Like, have a little compassion, dude. <laughs> you don't have time, you gotta mail it, you gotta get right. the mail, you gotta open up the mail, you gotta put it into the You mean I... when you actually say Oh, you should see it. You yeah, and then Carl rents it. Like he rents the DVD, and then he like plays it. He 
finally get the DVD, puts it in, and like two hours later, it's a terrible movie. Well, Carl's like the most optimistic moviegoer. Like, you could watch this 131 minutes and 42 seconds and go, oh, there was a couple good, you know, lines by Buddy Up. <laughs> yeah. Carl is the I'm most like, optimistic. Really? Holy smokes, you are a champ. You're taking one for the team, literally and figuratively. You are the most optimistic movie viewer. You've been rewatching Joker going, maybe this time. Maybe this time. Well, nope. the thing is, you 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 say like, okay, we're doing munchies next week. And so it's like, you just launched me on like four viewings of munchie. You know, at least oh. with Roger Corman. That's a bad example, right? There's other ones, though. But think of all the movies collectively, just between us three. You can think of any guests that you have on from week to week. But, I mean, just think collectively, even between you two, how many really shitty movies you've watched in your lifetime. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, you, and then you're nice enough, Mike, to go, hey, Carl, let's go back <laughs> and revisit it. Yeah, you should really check out T-Rex with uh, Whoopi Goldberg. And then Carl Watson's like, no. So what, have you guys <laughs> seen the one with Whoopi Goldberg called Phone Booth? Uh, I've seen the, the telephone. Directed by Rip Taylor. Okay, the telephone. Yeah, I have seen that. That's a she's in the Marcadero uh, apartments, the old ones under the uh, the freeway, the Marcadero freeway. I have that on VHS, and it's just sitting there in a cabinet. Well, you have to watch it. It's a uh, it's directed by Rip Taylor, the actor. Uh, Rip Torn, Rip Torn, the Rip actor. Torn, not Rip Taylor. Yeah. Yeah, and she's on the phone. Fabulous. Yeah, fabulous. Rip Torn, not I Taylor. I love him. Okay, Everyone but it's arrested in at his most. Oh, okay, wait, because Rip Torn is the guy from Sandling Show, right? Jerry right, Jerry. he's already. But so he's... Rip Taylor is the one that's over the top from like uh, whatever match game and all that stuff, right? He's, yeah, we no, watched him in the movie look, Chatterbox. Look what George Carlin did to his house, okay? Remember this oh, is the, the fountains and the lights. So Jersey. Is he from hey, Jersey? Man, that was a big budget for yeah. Clock back in. That, that's 1990 with LED lighting. Yeah. <laughs> now he I was making seriously fun of... doubt it was LED. I mean, we're talking a long time ago. Wow, it's fancy. Look, he looks like the Joker. The Riddler. Uh, the, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I want that suit. Needs to have dollar bills on it, like that guy. Needs to have big old cannabis leaves on it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> now the wife, she's a stand-up. She was like on Night Court once, and Seinfeld once, and Wings once. You know, she, she's one of. She she was on the nanny. You know, the diagnosis murder, L.A. Law. She's been. She looked, be she looked better before she dre they dressed her up. Yeah, I thought so too, except for that scene wow. in Curlers. All right. Well, you know, I have a thing for those curlers from like Tony Orlando and Don. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The bigger the curler, the bigger. Well, you know what I'm going with. Yeah. That. Look at that red cap, sir. Can you take your mega hat off, please? Yeah. <laughs> You're not at work right now. This is like Mar Margo Lago. Wouldn't that be kind of funny to like screenshot that and put, you know, put a Mad mega hat on them? Yeah. Even Michael J. Palmer. Look, I'm I'm a his comedic point. Oh my god, this is a TV movie dragging it out to the stretching point. Throw it a musical number. 
well, they're, they, they paid a lot of money for this party on screen. So they're going to have their party. They're going to have their party. It's all choreographed. Look how much. That's kind of cool. They literally just moved craft services to the middle of the set. <laughs> now, now, Fox they aired from eight to ten, right? And then they had local news. It was, it was a little different from, let's say, uh, three hours of broadcast uh, television. And then well, right. everything did eight to ten, and then at ten o'clock there was like a lull until eleven late night shows. But then, even but say ABC and the networks would have a show at ten o'clock. But and Fox they stopped would. at ten. And then they yeah, had most of the time it was news, but then, like you said, there was late night Fox. There was things like um, uh, Chevy Arsenio. Chase, Arsenio, Arsenio, Arsenio was syndicated. It was oh, that wasn't Channel Five Fox. It might have aired on a Fox Network, but it was, oh, okay. it was through syndication. Yeah, because out here in the Bay it was on KBHK Channel Forty Four. There's the um. Uh, dancing machine. What is her name? Pia. Pia Zadora. Pia. No, no. Yeah. Remember oh. they did dancing machine. Carla Mike's party machine. Mike. All right. Basically, what's happening is the Riddler's up there and he's giving a big speech. We've made a lot of money. We have Ben Stiller to thank for it, and. You know, it's also the night in which Ben Stiller and, and uh, Susan will fall in love. It's just a great night for everyone. Nothing bad in sight. Which, <laughs> always, which always means everything bad in sight. Yeah. It seems like a ripoff of Tower Heist. Did you see Tower Heist? Where they Tower go Heist. Deck? This came out very 1990. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the same. They're, they're robbing from the rich. They're help their, they're uh, not. Uh, they're investing. No, they're not. They're investing in the stock market. They are not robbing from the rich. No, they're going to take like a gold brick uh, car right. pedal and dangle then it out of a window. Literally, all they did was put the tower heist on the ground. That's all I'm saying. And they're going to mail a gold steering wheel to that retired guy, and he's going to cry when he opens it. Oh, now I can retire. Alan Alda. Well, you should get oh, yeah. a little alarm. It goes whoop whoop. Spoiler alert! Whoop whoop. Spoiler alert! That's probably the best Trump movie out there, Tower Heist, right? Because it was Trump Tower, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm just so glad that Trump didn't put his name on the side of the White House. Was that actually considered <laughs> like something he would? Yeah, he slipped that in there, right? Oh, and another news, we're gonna chase up. We're gonna put Trump's name on the side. Okay. So, as soon as he left, he put his uh, his bedroom on um, Airbnb. So, oh yeah, right. Only been slept in once. They're getting some good mileage out of this nun, right? Like it's the third scene is nuns in. Right. Well, the thing is that there's the children's orphanage, and they've actually made a mortgage. And so he's giving her, her the check so that the it's owned free and clear by the church. That's great. What a great guy. What a great guy. Such an edgy movie. Yeah. So I guess it is a movie. It started off with like uh, credits and then. Uh, was... <laughs> and actors and everything. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder if our idea, our concept is a good idea, Carl. 
You know, like some movies are just like, got to be kidding me. Like, it's a good Bad idea because from the there's, no, there's no way you can watch this movie on your own. The fact that you did this a couple of times. You know, Who wrote this movie? Uh, Corvidal. <laughs> um, this was written by three guys, Joe Kirkland, John Connolly, and David Luca. David Luca was the one who wrote uh, Eddie, but with Whippy Goldberg. Right. right. He wrote The House at the End of the Street with Jennifer Lawrence. I saw that film. I, it wasn't the greatest film, but he wrote it. and it, it Was it a horror film? Yes, it had a twist at the end. It was like a psychological horror, not nothing metaphysical. It was uh, just a crazy guy. Gotcha. It's like the calls coming from inside the house kind of thriller. He wrote The Dream Team, which starred Michael Keaton, Christopher. Now, I like that movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's they're like, they're crazy, but they're in New York. And they're in New York. Peter yeah. Boyle's in it. So now they're yeah, just going to fall in love. Fall in love. Fall in Despite the name of that movie, I lost a lot of basketball money on betting on them. The Dream Team, yeah. Yeah, they were not the same Dream Team. Their whole thing was they were trying to get to the city to watch a baseball game or a basketball game or something. And it was their adventure. It was more about the voyage than the destination. Yeah, exactly. Ah, uh, life. I don't think you can get away with a movie like that. They're crazy, Asterix. Uh, legally, we would like to state that. So wait, it's fading out, but we still have 27 minutes left of credits? No way. No, no we're not. We're it's just love, and the night is love, and everything is love. They bought a dolly. They rented a dolly for that night, and they need to use it. You can see the cameraman trying to escape. They could have totally, you know, jumped into a time machine and borrowed my my uh, my um. Uh, what is it called? Speaking of time machine, there's the World Trade Center. Oh, uh, look at that! Another night court scene. Twin Towers. Twin Towers. Twin Towers. We had a Twin Tower sighting. Oh, yes, they are. There they are. Oh, wait. Sorry. Look at Twin Towers. Kissy, kissy. He's still wearing that outfit. Is he in the office? He's in the office. Yes. It's his job. It's Monday morning or some crap. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Oh, there goes the collar. Now you can be like George. Now you be like George. So they're together and a couple now. I mean, what could go wrong? What could go wrong? The boss. The mob. The insider trading. The insider trading. She's gonna break it. Is she gonna discover that they've been inside trading? Bingo, and she's gonna think that it was him, and we know he's he's innocent of that. Yeah, it was George Harlan. Hill Street Blues, Hill Street Blues. I told you never to come down in my little dark closet. Well, that's uh, right. Never, she's going to discover a classified memo. And then he's going to admit he did it once to save Ralph's life. Ralph Dawatsky, who is George Garland. Right, because he owed $6,000. Did I tell you I owe $6,000 a book? Have I mentioned that I sold? 
Yeah, that's the 6,000. Okay, George, please, George, George. Please turn to page six of the script. Yes, Mr. Carlin, you'll know that I owe $6,000. <laughs> Correction. Please pop collar and repeat after me. Yeah, I owe 6,000. Continue. George, continue. Dollars to the. Sorry, I had to flip the page. Can him act. So Ben Stiller became a big deal, right? So he did his TV show, which I always liked, but it was very inside. Like, well, there's the confidential envelope that should have been shredded. Yup, exactly. Now she knows something. His back was turned. Uh, he just changed her mood. Something's going on. Mr. Alda, he ripped off the pension. What about everyone who works in the basement of the tower? Exactly. <laughs> Fuck up, kid. But there's no parallels. It's like, that show is great. It's like, I, I got to get all the people back together. We're going to heist. I wonder where they're working. I'm working at Shake Shack. I'm working at the M&M store. I'm working at Planet Hollywood. All right. Now that we visited those locations, it's time to continue with this movie. <laughs> we collect cast members like trinkets in a uh, treasure hunt. Or what is it called? Yeah, treasure hunt. What, what's it yeah. called? Scavenger hunt. What is it? Scavenger. Scavenger hunt. Thank you. That's national treasure. Well, look at that. The computer has a ticket tape on it. Now they're having their first fight. Is that the right way to say it? She's learning right. about she the, you know. Like she's been there popping birth control pills like M and M's. Right, and a cigarette. That's the best way to wash them down. <laughs> this, to, this director's way of saying, I don't care. Get lost. Oh, she's gone cold. She's gone cold. Oh, they really didn't care. She has one of her little locks sticking down weird. That would have hurt me. <laughs> Cut, cut, cut. Get that fucking, oh, excuse my language, get that lock thing off. Come on. Harlan's not here. You can finally think. Peace of quiet. <laughs> in 1989, All right, Carl, you're scuba diving. You're scuba diving, Carl. Oh. I'll plug okay. into the router. You keep talking. Okay, that was, that was way better. So, okay, nineteen eighty-nine. I don't know. I was about as about as busy as Ben Stiller. Back in eighty-nine. Yeah, what was I doing in eighty-nine? I was working at a at a deli called Jan's Manhattan West. Huh. I guess I guess that was West California. Yeah, like as in West Coast. Yeah, she was from Manhattan, apparently. So she had to come out here and try to do foo-foo. Try to do a, a Manhattan deli in California in 1989. It was. Crazy. I never understood that. Yeah, didn't work. Yeah. Okay, I'm back. Well, it's like, just make sandwiches. You know, it's funny because I did a, a, did a storytelling show a couple of weeks ago, and I told yeah. this place 
Just remember, I, yeah, the formative years. What were you doing in 1989, Mike? Where'd he go? I don't know. Okay, Carl, what were you doing in 1989? I was living in Manhattan in a five-story walk-up at York and 78th Street, and it was a great time, great time in my life. Making music, trying to be a rock star. <laughs> what happened? What happened to that place, Carl? Why'd you throw it away? What? What? I didn't throw anything away. Why you ruined it? Why? What happened to your dreams, Carl? Oh, that? Oh, well, uh, in 1990, mom was like, college, college. And I was like, but I, I college, college. Okay. And I moved home to Montclair, New Jersey. Nice. Yeah. And then we hung out. Yeah, that's right. We yeah. started fish burgers. Yeah. <laughs> 91, 92, something like that. I guess Kroll started it. Okay, anyway, what's going on right now is he's discovered them snooping around, trying to figure out how he's siphoning off the the uh, pension fund. And basically, he's going to fire them because he's caught them. Carlin's like, what we're doing, sir, it's, it's called pre-cleaning. You see, we preemptively, you know. He's always on. George Carlin. Yeah, I mean, like, Carlin, like, he had a, a sitcom on Fox, right? It was, like, yeah. he had a show called Carlin's Corner. And then it was, like, the George Carlin show. And it's amazing, like, you forget the legacy of these comedians that they've done plenty of television shows and plenty of sitcoms. You just don't remember, you know. Yeah, it's strange because that used to be the natural progression of things. So before you were known, you had to get your set on Johnny Carson, then you had to be called over to the couch, and then you got your sitcom. You look at people like Tim Allen with Home Improvement. Right. Well, I think of Freddie Prince Jr. Or Freddie Prince, I should say. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Chico the Man. It was based off of Carlin's uh, stand-up set. But then, you know, you hit your prime, and it's like, by the time Carlin had his shows, it didn't matter if it succeeded or not. If anyone remembered it, it was product, you know. It yeah, wasn't. Was I, think, I think some people, you know, like most of the time, you think of these people, they they take the stuff from their act. Um, you know, like everybody loves Raymond. All that stuff was supposedly, you know, from his act, from his yeah. joke. You know, you take one joke and you turn it into an episode. So in the right. George Carlin show, he was a New York City taxi cab driver. That's always going into a bar. Didn't he have like a family as well? Or like family? He was like a, he lived in a like a your typical walk up in New York City kind of thing. It's Sharon was his is his daughter, right? Shelly Sharon. Kelly. Kelly. His actual daughter, Kelly Carlin, is his daughter Kelly. in that show. Gotcha, Kelly Carlin. That's it. Oh right, well, she's out there today. Yeah, yeah. she's doing her own podcast. And yeah, matter of fact, our so is our buddy. Our buddy has moved from New York out to Patrick. LA. Patrick Carlin. Yeah, I'm still here. He went to Los Angeles. Yeah, he moved to LA. Um, yeah, the, his his wife of sixty years passed away in March. I oh, wow. So Marlene Carlin was like the greatest lady you'll 
ever even hear about. But anyway, so she passed away in March. He moved out to L.A. Now he's doing his own podcast. It's called um, Patrick's Hollywood Stock Connection. (laughs) And you can get it on SoundCloud currently. All right. His first first episode was out a couple weeks ago, and it was basically um, on George's birthday. Oh, very cool. Yeah, you you had a show. Great title he has because he's from Woodstock. So it's Hollywood stock. Right. And he's stalking celebrities. (laughs) That's what I heard. I heard the song part. He is. It's kind of cool. He has like three different segments of a show. One is basically where he's talking to you from. Well, one, he's kind of talking about him and his wife and their their travels. And then the second part he does from a place that it's called the Old Stoner Cafe, which is basically where he used to do our show from. Uh-huh. And it's more of a it's not a longitude and latitude latitude kind of place. It's kind of a state of mind place. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So uh, I have the old Stoner Cafe was in Woodstock, but it's also on the West Coast now. So I, I, I have to interrupt for the plot. I just got to let you know that what's happening now is uh, they've made a lot of money and they've been noticed. So the like stock market TV show is interviewing them. And that's a big embarrassment to uh, uh, our bad guy. And they're doing yeah. it right in the basement where, you know, they're fired janitors, but, you know, it's the same day money talk so they were able they got fired but they were able to stay on the floor to interview in a suit no um like they got fired so they went downstairs cleaned out their lockers and this reporter showed up and is interviewing them and all the wall street guys watch this show every day so it's a big spit in the face to bad guy see this is the ben stiller i know all dressed in black yep All right, gentlemen, rest these gentlemen. Get these men out of here. Rest these gentlemen. (laughs) Now I'll embarrass you even further because you're on TV. Oh, no TV. And Clampett loves it because his his, uh, family, I don't know, nephew or whatever he is, is getting embarrassed. It's embarrassed. I secretly approve. Thanks, Ronald Reagan. I mean, Dad. So now what they're finding out is they're all bummed out because the Shell Corporation he's been funneling the pension money into and he's made loans against it. They're now going to buy the stock firm. And that means it's over. He's won. He'll own the whole building. Oh, no, not the whole town. Stock, stock and barrel. <laughs> yep. He will have, he will have the company lock, stock, and barrel. That looks like Cranston. A little bit. Hey, Footstones, finally, some Gen X jokes. Remember when the Footstones were on TV all the time? Yep, it was great. Yeah. Sort of. I don't know if it was great. It was just like filler and content, but it got into our brains, and now we like it. Well, now I have to, like, I chose it. So every time, like, I see a Fruity Pebbles commercial, I stop what I'm doing. Go to YouTube. Yeah. Watch them smoke a Winston. 
Oh, in black and white, even though it was a color at the time. They just figured like people still have black and white TVs, so you might as well keep the commercial in black and white. That was historic. Do you remember the like, parties like, come on, Fred, fuck this shit. Let's go have a smoke. <laughs> Are we away from Wilma? Uh, are we away from uh, Betty? Winston tastes good like a boulder shed. Barney? Oh, got caught by the missus. Just trying to have a Winston here. <laughs> <laughs> so, love interest now finds out that everything was on the up and up. He wasn't doing any insider trading. Bad guy's are really a bad Great. guy. And so she kisses Great. him on the cheek. And now oh, allies. Happy day. Nothing's happened in this movie, Carl. Well, there's no way to stop bad guy, but I, I know a way. I know a way. Why don't we get the stock price to plummet? Okay? Then we can buy it for cheap, and he'll have to sell because he's mortgaged like crazy. Yay! Let's get the stock price down. Now this movie's got an act three. <laughs> in a moment too soon. I sat through so many commercials for a living color. I really just want to get to the ending of this movie. <laughs> Man, you just you're nailing it. It's it's 1990 in living color. Right. Follow with all new married with children, followed by duets. Duets. Fox spent a lot of money. It's it's the Gary Shandling show reruns taken from Showtime. Right then, like Fox showed like Gary Shandling show, even though yeah, there was, it was time. like. It wasn't a syndicated deal. It was like a, they just bought, you know, like AMC playing The Sopranos. They just right. paid them a bunch of money. They might have done some new episodes for Fox, but it was just weird. Yeah. Ben Stiller show was only 13 episodes. 90 right. to but I'm, but I'm telling you, like, people know, like, three bits from that show, which is fine. But if you watch all 13 episodes, there's a point where they just have the supporting cast do, do most of the legwork. Mm. Which is fine if, if you're a fan of Andy Dick, you know. Yeah, that's right. Andy Dick, uh, Bob Odenkirk, who I missed, Janine Garofalo. Yeah. Um, it was on MTV and then Fox. Now, he was on SNL in 89. He was a featured performer. However, since the show did not want him to make more short films, he left after four episodes. So it was Crazy. really short-lived. He made well, short so films that they would air, and they were like, you know what, Ben? No more of those. And he yeah, was no like, fine, I quit. Well, the humor of like, the, the Ben Slower show would be like... Uh, Winston Kincaid from the Partridge family is the, the manager of U2. So if you know the, the Partridge family and you know that YouTube video, the combination is really funny. But if you don't know those references, you're just you're just <laughs> not gonna, you know, you're just gonna look at that. Okay, now look, see he's on the ledge. He is he's claiming that he's gonna commit suicide because the firm ruined him. And that's a way to make the stock price plummet. It's a big plot they have. Oh, so he's faking it like he, this is on purpose. Right. And you, he doesn't really want to die. So that's why all the exaggerated, funny, funny stuff. Right. 
the cameraman's like, I'm union. I'll stick it out the window once, and then that's it. <laughs> I'm not going to get myself in trouble. So Austin Powers Lady is spreading rumors. Yeah, he's up there on the ledge right now. I hope this doesn't hurt the stock price. Smart people nice. get out quick. This is Hello, totally I need to get out quick. Look at that police car, man. It's so, I know you guys, you grew up here, Mike. It's so yeah. 89. Yeah, you got, well, it looks very important. It has the important antenna sticking out of it. Yeah. You know it's a cop car when it has like the important antennas. Like that, that antenna looks important. Where All right, sell by. Contact, buddy. Buy, buy, sell, sell, buy, buy. Buy, sell, buy, sell, sell, buy, 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 sell, sell, sell. Well, they're all doing the sell right now. That's what oh, right. on the street. In this movie world, it's just not a reality. Uh, Why do they get the fire engine? Because they're going to make it house. jump into a hoop. Yeah, that looks dangerous. So Bro, look at that room. Look at all the lights in that room, but yet it's dark. Yeah, yeah. I know. So that, that, was, that was bad guy, and he's like feeling the pressure now. The stock price is starting to plummet. Which one's gonna hit rock bottom first, the stock or George? <laughs> the Carlin is plummeting. Sell. Since that was during his, like, 89 is What the Hell Am I Doing in New Jersey? Probably his greatest album. Right. So That's the peak of it. Oh, he's a father now. Yeah, that's right. So what happens is, in the end, it comes down to, like, George, you've got to jump or the stock won't price won't plummet far enough. That's that's this world, writer's world. Right. They're blowing up the jumper thing. Like a real stuntman. I always feel like when movies have, like, they, they blow up the thing in the bottom and then the guy jumps, I go, at least, you know, the stuntman is safe. You know, they already established that there's something at the bottom so they don't have to fake it, you know? Mm-hmm. Usually when they fall off a building and there's nothing underneath, they gotta pretend like he hits a roof of a car and shit like that. Right. But but if you set up that there's like a big spongy thing to jump on, right. then it's a safer stunt to begin with because the scene calls for it to land on it. Makes me feel at ease. God bless the stuntmen and the, the work they do for this country. For working trash? Man, let's give it up for all the stuntmen and working trash. The guy who gets pushed aside, the guy who on the ledge. We're ruined. Not yet. He didn't jump. <laughs> Boy, this film sucks, man. I love George Carlin. Yeah, it's good to see George Carlin. And I guess it's another Ben Stiller movie I, I now see. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely, it's something I had to see once. We're not even done with this movie, and we're very eulogizing it. Well, he's like, yeah, that's a good point. He's like, uh, you know, I'm too young to die. And he's like, you gotta, you gotta. 
And the wife is like, you've got a job. <laughs> <laughs> now, I went to, um, uh, where did they do the 1980 Olympics? I went there. And right. they had this thing where you could jump. It would go up three stories, and you jumped into one of those things. So I was like, boys, don't be scared. You know you're going to be safe, blah, 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 blah. So they said, fine. So I went up. And I got to the third floor, and the thing was a fucking postage stamp. My God. I did jump, but from the second story. I was too scared. Yeah, I don't even know if I would do three stories. I don't think we're missing hilarity, guys. I've seen this a bunch of times. There you go. Get hold his nose. See, now the stuntman is safe. Gary Busey. I'll need him. Dalton, uh, what was the guy's name in Once Upon a Time in America? Rick Dalton. I could never, I could. Carlin's on, Carlin's on a roll. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. I was able to squeak one joke out of this episode. So the bad guy, his name is Jack Lesson. He was in Heaven and Space. Hamburger the Motion Picture. Underwater, Carl. Underwater? Damn, I'm yeah. plugged in. Oh, you sound better. The uh-huh. bad guy was in Hamburger the Motion Picture. We saw that. Oh, yeah. I love that movie. Let's see the ending. They all eat. <laughs> He was in he was in Uncle Buck, Talladega Nights, Megamind, Children of a Lesser God, Heaven's Gate. He's he's, he's an actor. Yeah. We won, kissy kissy. Kissy kissy. Can you believe this? Now let's get the criminals out to jail. Right. To jail. Now he's another big New York accent guy we just missed. You're ruined, and your love interest is kissing your rival. And then uh, look how crestfallen he looks. tells them to stick it up your ass or something. So are they now the janitors? They're now the janitors. Yeah. They switch roles. But in prison. Oh. Uh-oh. Prison joke. Oh. They got the oh. buffer. Yeah, we, we've got this buffer out until noon today, so we might as well use it. Yeah, might as well use it. Let's do two. Get to the, to the prison set. So now here we are in the stockholders meeting of the new company that they just bought. Stupid and stupid. George Wallace. Look at where's his red hat. There's Michael Senior. Look at the whole Tower Heist gang is here. That's right. Yeah, aren't we great? Yeah. We did it. We Tower Heisted. We right. Stayed. Yeah. We will soon go on to Austin Powers, Mary. Yay. Yay. Just three more years. No, yeah, right. That was in like 96. She was also the crazy sitter. Was she? I don't know that. Let's see. Um, I've never seen the movie. I just know the credit. First shout out to her, born in Patterson, New Jersey. She was on that movie. Zach and Cody, The Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. Sweet. I like that show. She was on Chowder, that cartoon. Um... She's like a groundlings. Like she's like a big groundlings person. What what's groundlings? Is that a show? 
Yeah, like uh, it's an improv troupe. Oh, in Los Angeles, they have like classes. It's a, it's a big deal. Will Ferrell is one of the original Groundlings. I think Lorraine Newman. He was on iCarly. Okay, so they're essentially winning now. Oh, that rice. Back I, when you could throw rice in the street. No, it's not a wedding. It's 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 confetti. Snowy. It's ticker tape thing. You oh, it's New York ticker tape. Well, ticker tape what is, is long. The days before Head and Shoulders. <laughs> Was there an astronaut in town, like driving a convertible? Well, before we can answer that, we did it. We watched Working Trash with a dollar sign. Uh, with Carl and our good friend Paul Brumbaugh. Carl, uh, yeah. Paul, thank you so much for being part of our show. We were anxious to have you.